What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, at Sports. Immaculate. Amac? Immaculate Sports for TikTok. Immaculate Sports. Yeah. Immaculate Sports. There we go. It's episode 96. Whole lot of baseball today. Yeah. A lot of baseball. One thing with football, because Baker Mayfield did get traded over this past week. We'll talk yep. about him and his impact on that Panthers team. And if they have a chance to make the playoffs this year. And then uh, Skyler's going to talk a little bit about the MLB draft. We got some interesting news going on with Zach Wilson as well. Skyler's going to talk about that in his opener, as well as uh, maybe a little bit in halftime. We'll see how that goes, though. Uh, but let's go ahead and get it started. With the opener, and uh, I got to talk about yeah. the Orioles winning eight straight, man. One of the most fun teams to watch in this past month in baseball. Uh, they're currently just a couple games under 500. This is the best Orioles have been in years at this point. Uh, and during their eight-game win streak, which is their longest win streak since 2005, they swept the Rangers and the Angels. They also had a win against the Twins to start that uh, win streak, but they're scoring five and a half runs per game and allowing just three and a half runs per game during that stretch. So they're getting some good wins, a couple walk-offs in that stretch too. And the Orioles, one of the best farm systems in baseball, but also one of the most fun teams to watch in the league right now. It's got to be my favorite thing I saw in this past week. Yeah. Uh, so mine's going to be a little bit of Zach Wilson news here. I'll tell you what I know. I know Kyle wants to talk about this too. So let's just get started. Uh, we saw online Dax Milne, former roommate, former best friend, former wide receiver of Zach Wilson at wide receiver, um, BYU. Sorry, not at wide receiver, at BYU. Great start today, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is now with Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend. Unfollowed each other online. But Zach Wilson said, hey, uh, my mom's got friends too. So uh, he decided to hop over there. And it has gone viral. You know, uh, a lot of people saying Zach Wilson has the dog in him for this. Mm. And I'm proud of him. That's my quarterback. Yeah, a little bit more in depth on on the analysis of all this stuff that's going on. And whether this is all true or not is a little shaky. But we'll start with uh, what we saw. So I'm blanking on the girl's name who was uh, Dax or is Dax's girlfriend and was Zach Wilson's girlfriend. Was out there with the draft with him last year. Uh, when he got drafted to the Jets second overall. So they break up, right? And that was supposedly in January. And then just a couple of days ago, that same girl posted a photo on the beach with Dax of them holding hands, hugging. Like you can tell that there's some relationship going on there. Uh, so people obviously know that's Dax Milne, Dax Milne, NFL wide receiver. And there's a dude in the comments going, homie hopper question mark and uh she goes no he was zach was sleeping with his friend's moms or something like that and from there everybody's like holy shit like that's that's incredible incredible obviously this big story uh stuff has just been blowing up all over twitter you're not gonna see it on this or on, on espn and stuff like that but uh definitely something if you go on twitter at all and look at the trending topics it's gonna be on there uh, from there, we don't exactly know if all this stuff yeah. is completely true because ex-girlfriends probably like to spread rumors. So that's something that could happen there. But I think it helps Zach Wilson regardless. 
he got this chick out of his life that was obviously pretty fucking toxic. Uh, and he might have banged a mom in there. So good for him. Great analysis, Kyle. Exactly. And get to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week, which is Zach Wilson. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Guardians third baseman, top prospect, Nolan Jones, who just came up this week and has gone seven for 16 with a home run and eight RBIs to start his career. Hit a 450-foot homer in there as well, too. And it's already drawn comparisons to the Guardians or Indians greats. Jim Tomey with how big and strong he is for that squad. So congrats to Nolan Jones there. And hopefully he continues that stretch that he's going on because absolutely guys like that are fun to watch uh, onto the team reports. So before we get to the 96, let's do the team reports. Uh, anything with the jets in this past week, besides obviously that Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson was a big one. Uh, Warriors team report. James Wiseman's back. That's true. That is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, he had 11 points, I think in his first game, but Cool stretch there in his first game back. The first play, Kaminga and Wiseman pick and roll. Kaminga throws a lob to or to Wiseman. He throws it down. Pretty cool scenario there. But for the Raiders, uh, nothing. So that's good. O- not OTAs. Training camp starts here in a little bit. Let's go ahead and get to our favorite number 96, though. And my favorite number 96 is a guy who doesn't even wear that number anymore. Uh, there wasn't a ton of choices with this number, so I decided to go with the Raiders' first round pick two or three years ago now at this point, who went fourth overall, Cleveland Farrell. Uh, a lot of hate for this pick uh, by pretty much everybody, and I know he hasn't been as good as a number four overall pick should be, but I see the leadership in him, and we've been seeing that over the past couple of years with him. Uh, he's up there talking with Max Crosby all the time. Max talks about Clee and how much he's been working and Derek talks about him as well. Uh, so I think that's pretty good for him. Hopefully it pans out to be a decent career for him. Obviously it's not going to be a superstar career, but uh, if he just plays a, a decent role, maybe even just a, a third down pass rusher or early down run stopper uh, it would be pretty cool for Clee. All right. I'm going to go with former Jets first rounder, Muhammad Wilkerson. One of the best players through the 2000s. D lineman had 44 and a half sacks, Pro Bowl, and two All Pro second team appearances. Uh, unfortunately, got hurt and didn't really do much after he was 27. But, you know, that kind of stuff happens and it's sad. But uh, we uh, were happy to have him. Yeah. He's not still on the Jets, is he? No. Uh, I think he retired in 2018. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It seems like, feels like he's been out of the league for a while at this point. Yeah. On to the spotlight, though, where we talk about something that we probably wouldn't have talked about in our show. So I'll let Skyler go first. What do you got? Yeah, the MLB draft is going to be this Sunday, the 17th. Um, Not a lot of people are into it because the players don't play right away. Maybe one player from the entire class will get to play a year later. Uh, We saw that with, uh, you know, Crochet, usually some of the college pitchers. Um, But an exciting top four here. Prep bats. We got Drew Jones, the son of of Andrew, the great Atlanta Braves center fielder. Jackson Holiday, the son of the great outfielder Matt Holiday. Elijah Green, a big power bat, reminds people of Eloy Jimenez. And Tamar Johnson, a very fast second baseman who uh, smacks a ball around as a lefty. Uh, We'll say top college bat, Brooks Lee, switch hitter out of uh, Cal Poly, uh, would probably be uh, a high bet for the the fastest guy to get 
to the bigs because he's already uh, got the got the pro bat ready. I think a seventy hit tool um, and exciting. You know, uh, Baltimore's got the first pick. Um, they're obviously looking a lot better, so they could either you know save the franchise with a pick like this or set them back. Yeah, so it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, MLB drafts can be a fun one. That is on Sunday night. So turn your TVs on to MLB Network, I assume, on uh, Sunday night. I am, for my spotlight, I'm going to be talking about a couple of minor leaguers for the A's, one of them being Christian Pache. So obviously he had a bad first couple of months in the big leagues. We sent him down, and we haven't really heard much about it in the first couple of weeks that he's been down in AAA. So I wanted people to get give people an update on how he's doing over there in seven games. Pache is 10 for 29, which gives him a 345 batting average, five doubles in those 10 hits, uh, no homers. He has five RBIs has walked four times, which is a good sign and has only struck out six times in that span. So he has an OPS of 929, obviously also playing amazing defense because that's the biggest thing that is provided with him. And I also want to talk about Max Schumann, who is an infielder for the A's in the minor league system, who just got called up to AAA and has a chance to be, I want to say top of the lineup bat as in like one or two, but maybe seven, eight, nine guy in the future for this athletic squad in the next couple of years. Max in double A this year was absolutely amazing though. Seven homers, 34 RBIs in 315 with a 447 on base percentage, as well as 22 stolen bases. Uh, also plays plus defense apparently, and he just got called up to triple a, he is 25. So I was, he's not like this 22 year old phenom. He's not even on the A's top 30 prospects list, but a guy to look at for A's fans is perhaps a, a guy that could help out this team in the future. Let's go ahead and talk some football. Now we're talking Baker Mayfield and his trade to the Carolina Panthers over this past week. This is an interesting trade, Skyler. I think it's uh, I think it's kind of underrated move a little bit with uh, people not realizing how bad the Carolina Panthers were at quarterback. But how much do you think that this Baker Mayfield trade changes the Panthers' year? Yeah, this is huge. This is huge. I really like Baker. You know, I think with the right help, he could be an above-average starter. Uh, it's a down year for the South. Atlanta sucks. New Orleans is pretty questionable. Um and Darnold just isn't it, unfortunately. I think the only loser in this is Matt Corral, uh, because I think Baker will do just fine. Yeah, uh, that's definitely going to be a loser. It's going to be Matt Corral, because not only does he have to beat out Sam Darnold now, he also has to beat out Baker, and those are two. I mean, Darnold's pretty ass, but Baker's a solid quarterback in this league, and the stuff that the Browns got back for him was not not as good as what they probably should have. But this can actually make Carolina like a fringe playoff team, in my opinion. I think, obviously, health is a big, big issue in the past few years. If Christian McCaffrey isn't healthy, then this team probably isn't going to do much. If their defense isn't healthy, then they're probably not going to do much. But we saw last year they got off that hot start, and then they slowed down from there. But their defense was this young, fast, exciting team. Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson, all these fast defenders – and those guys aren't going anywhere. They're just going to get better. They're learning how to play together. We saw how young they were in the past uh, last year as well. And so I think the maturity that's going to come with that is big. And their offense has a true leader now at this point. Baker, you can question how good of a quarterback he is, but you can tell that this guy 
he's a good leader and mm-hmm. he's got weapons. He's got Robbie Anderson. He's got DJ Moore. I'm not sure who your tight end is right now, but they got a whole bunch of other guys. Christian McCaffrey, as long as he's healthy, this team could be in nine, 10 win play playoff team. So it's an underrated move for the Panthers. That's for sure. Let's get back to baseball though. We'll talk more about football once we get to August, September and yeah. those coming months, of course. There's two teams though that are the ho- two hottest teams in baseball and they're two unlikely teams because they were under 500 before their win streak started and that's the M's and the O's. We I talked about the O's win streak a little bit in my opener, but are we buying into these M's and O's win streaks? Uh, I know we didn't have this on here, but what do you think you your strategy would be for these teams once we get to the trade deadline as well? Yeah, uh, I'll start with the M's. Um, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we should keep an eye on them. Julio and the pitching staff have been on fire recently. I picked them to make the wild card game. I think they just need Ty France back and maybe trade for some relievers. Yeah, the M's are a super weird team uh, because they've had a ton of injuries. Ty France, Carl Lewis has missed a lot of time. Mitch Hanniger has missed a lot of time. And if those guys come back healthy and they got J-Rod who's playing the way that he is. J.P. Crawford slowed down quite a bit. But if they got the guys that are there and they got that ace now in Logan Gilbert, this team can do it. But because it's the M's, it's, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It's just bound to happen. Uh, more people are going to get hurt, whatever it is. But things just don't go right for this team. And as fortunate as it, as unfortunate as it is for them, they're probably not going to end up making the playoffs. Also because how stacked the AL is. Uh, but what about the O's, Skyler? What do you think about this team? Okay. Uh, I don't think they're going anywhere this year, but it's exciting for sure. I think they can finally set uh, a year where they think they can be competitive again. And I, I'm, you know, obviously they've been competitive this year. I mean, like a serious push. So uh, I saw uh, a report from Ken Rosenthal that I really liked. I think it was the perfect explanation for this offseason or uh, this trade deadline. They could sell and buy at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously guys like Lopez and Mancini probably not going to be part of the long-term plans, probably at their highest value ever. Um, but instead of dumping them for, for guys who are 19, maybe get some guys with some control, you know, the type of trades Tampa Bay makes. Uh, so that, that kind of thing would interest me. Yeah. I, th- I really like this O's team, but it's pretty obvious to show that this isn't going to be their year that they make the playoffs. Yeah. Like I said earlier, this AL is just so stacked with all the teams that they're there. There's the White Sox who aren't even in the picture, the Guardians, the Twins who are leading the division right now, but all those teams in the East as well. Uh, and it's just, it's really, really tough for these two teams to make it. But the Orioles are on the right track. And I like how Skyler said the, the Ken Rosenthal thing, because that's something that I saw too. And I think that's a really smart thing where you can get rid of these guys that aren't probably aren't going to be the part of your future. Obviously the closers guys like that are people that can be moved quite easily at the trade deadline. And you could get some pretty good pieces back for that. And you can be aggressive. You could get somebody that's controllable. You can get somebody that's got a brighter future and going into the free agency, you can probably make a move to sign one of the bigger guys because you have these attractive pieces. You have Natalie Rutschman. You have a Cedric Mullins. You have an Austin Hayes. You have a Ryan Mountcastle. You Possibly have a Grayson Rodriguez. Jones. You have a probably Drew Jones. You have a Gunnar Henderson. You have a Heston Kerstad who's just starting to get playing now. But you have all these guys. And if somebody's got some, 
one out of these big free agents within the next couple of years is going to have a, a vision and say, Hey, this, these, these guys got something going on. They got a fan base that likes to support a good team and they're going to end up being good. So I'm not buying into this win streak and saying they're making the playoffs this year, but this rebuild as weird as it is, I think it got ahead of schedule very quickly. I think we thought that the Orioles were going to be bad this year and next year and see glimpses of this team that could possibly be good. I think we're seeing it right now that this team has the roots to really change their franchise of how bad they have been over the past five, six years at this point. Let's talk about another AL East team who has probably the exact opposite vibe of the Orioles. Uh, that's the Rays with their big star, Wander Franco, breaking his hammy bone or fracturing it. And it's going to be out for six to eight weeks. It's a weird injury. He just swung a bat and broke it. You didn't get hit by a pitch or anything like that, but that's a common injury that we've seen. Matt Olson, the guy who had that happen to him a couple years ago. And it's funny, the surgery for it is they just remove the bone. They don't even fix it or anything because it's a useless bone in your hand. Your hammy bone or whatever it's called isn't like this super essential thing. So they just remove it. But regardless of surgery, recovery time is going to be six to eight weeks. With just over two to three months left in the season, that doesn't line up too well for the Rays. So right now they sit 46 and 40 in the second wild card spots. Do you think the Rays can fall short of the playoffs? What do you think happens to the squad? I can never really count out Tampa Bay, especially with, you know, they got the Cy Young McClanahan on their, their team right now. Kind of out of nowhere. I mean, we had our eyes on him, but, you know, media wise out of nowhere, uh, but it, it's going to be tough, especially with Boston's lineup on fire. I don't see him passing Boston up again. Yeah, it's – I could see so see a scenario, though, where all three of those teams in the wild card are all AL East teams, and then that fourth team also being a, an AL East team with the Orioles. And I think just with how this Rays roster is built, they're going to find a way to get it done and make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be any legitimate super contender in the playoffs with how good the rest of the teams are in the AL, but they just find a way to get it done. they find a way to win games. They find guys in the minor leagues. They have a super good system too. Like, it's not like they're just going to have to, you know, just do it out. I mean, Wander's this great player, of course, but they got a Taylor Walls. They got a Vidal Brujan of guys that they can just throw in there and, get kind of the same production that Wander was giving them this year with how bad that he's been. Uh, so I'd say the Rays are still going to go ahead and make it. Now, one of the most polarizing topics that we've seen over the past couple weeks and months, years, kind of, it's been in the back rear view mirror a little bit, but it's kind of coming front and center now with how bad the angels have been for another straight year. It begs the question, should the angels trade Trout and Otani? What would those packages even look like and how, how did that even happen? You know, we'll start with trout. Uh, I'm going to say no, never, ever, ever uh, sucks for him because I want to see him win something. Uh, but I don't think it's possible to find a package for Mike trout. I just, I, I don't see it ever happening. You want me to go to Otani or? Yeah, you, you do Otani too. Okay, well. so with Otani, it's a little bit more interesting. Uh, here's a quote from his uh, his agent, Nez Baleo. When asked about uh, his contract and if he's going to look for an extension after Otani's MVP year, he said, he's already under contract. Why would we talk about another one? So that makes me think um, 
maybe we could see him be used as a rental because I, uh, based on quotes like that, and we've seen multiple like this, he's going to hit the open market. So uh, I, I like what, what Kyle said. We were talking off the record the other day about it. He is two all-stars. He is, he's two, he's worth two, two all-stars. You know, he's not just one guy and we've never seen this before. So mm. massive Paul, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with Skyler in the sense that Mike Trout will never be traded. It's not something that can be done. I think at this point, Trout's an angel for life, regardless of how bad it ends up being. As far If he ends up only having zero or just having zero wins in the postseason wow. in his career, it's going to be one of the biggest letdowns ever of an MLB career. And it's be not because Marino of him. Baseball. Yeah, but it's because of the franchise and how bad the Angels have been as a franchise. But as far as Otani goes, I mean, they can't let this dude get to a free agent. They can't. They can't let him possibly be in a scenario where they can have him go and not get anything back for it. But because it's the Angels, it might actually end up happening. But for the sense of uh, just more fun thinking, I guess, I hope that they trade him just to see what that package would return like. Because like Skyler was saying and how he said that we were talking about before, this is two all-stars. This is literally two players that you're getting. You're getting an all-star level hitter. You're getting an all-star level pitcher. And it's not like it's like some 35-year-old level guy. It's this guy's mid-20s. Like this is a superstar on both sides of the ball that you are trading for. And that's where you can get a package like a Gunnar Henderson, Grayson Rodriguez, and Atlee Rutschman if there ever was such of a thing. And there's just... There's not a lot of teams that could do that. I think one possible suitor could be the Braves if they give up Albies and Max Freed and like Michael Harris or something like that as well. But it ends up, do you do that if you're the Braves? Do you give up three or four of your guys to just get one guy back, even though he is this crazy player? Because if Otani gets hurt, then your season's kind of done for at that point. So. Should they trade him? Probably. Will they trade him? Probably not. Will Tony end up being an angel for life? Probably not. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. It's There's so much to think about right now. There's so many different avenues that your mind can take, and it's hard to just settle on one. So my, my thing is, should they trade him? Yes. That's what I'm going to go with. All right. That's going to do it for the first half. Let's go ahead and send it to halftime. All right. The first thing we got to talk about on halftime is – the Steelers field, Heinz field is no longer, uh, the naming rights are now owned by Acresure insurance. And that one's going to take a lot to get used to, uh, because that will always be Heinz field. It's like AT&T with San Francisco. It's like, um, century link in Seattle, Oracle with the warriors. It's, uh, definitely weird. Uh, but mm-hmm. congratulations to the insurance company. Now people will know who they are. Yeah, exactly. And uh, MLB All-Star teams just released. Oh, yeah. let, me, let me go ahead and pull up the rosters right now. I forgot to do that. Uh, we're just going over yeah. the rosters. Nothing crazy with it. We're not going to say all those snubs and whatnot. Uh, MLB 2022. I know Carlos Rodon just got added to the roster. He should be on this list, though. Uh, I literally had to the, the thing up. The Giants. Not bad, man. Yeah, Giants get their second All Star after uh, 
Rodon was originally yeah. snubbed. We'll go through the American League starters first. Catcher Alejandro Kirk, pretty deserving. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first base, decently deserving. Altuve at second, that one makes sense. Devers at third, that one also makes sense. Shortstop in the American League is Tim Anderson. That one makes sense, but it's also kind of a weak pool this year. Outfielders, Judge, Trout, Stanton. I agree with the first two, but Giancarlo Stanton should not be a starter. Shohei Otani at DH sucks for uh, Jordan Alvarez that he won't end up starting, but he's hurt anyway, so it doesn't matter there. Legacy selection for the AL is Miguel Cabrera, so congrats to him on getting the nod there. And then the reserves in the AL are Jose Trevino, Luisa Rice, Andres Jimenez, J-Ram, Xander Bogarts, Byron Buxton, Kyle Tucker, George Springer, Andrew Benintendi, the rookie J-Rod, absolute stud, and then DHs, Jordan Alvarez, and J.D. Martinez. Starting pitchers in the AL will be Shane McClanahan, Justin Verlander, Alec Manoa, Nasty Nestor the Molester, Cortez, uh, Garrett Cole, Shohei Otani, who for the second time, second straight year gets selected for two different positions. Uh, Paul Blackburn is the A's representative, so congrats to Paulie B there. Martin Perez and Framber Valdez for pitchers or starting pitchers. And then for relievers, we have Clay Holmes, Emmanuel Classe, Jorge Lopez, and Gregory Soto rounding it out for the American League. In the National League, we have Wilson Contreras, the Cubs catcher, uh, starting. Starting first baseman is Paul Goldschmidt, probably going to end up being the NL MVP, so good job for him. Jazz Chisholm at second. Manny Machado at third, Trey Turner at short. Three outfielders are Ronald Acuna, Jock Peterson, and Mookie Betts. And then the DH is Bryce Harper. However, Harper won't start, and I'll get to his starter in a second. But the legacy selection for the NL is Albert Pujols. So congrats to the machine for getting another nod there. And then the reserves in the NL are Travis Diarno, Pete Alonso, CJ Krohn, Jeff McNeil, Nolan Arenado, Dansby Swanson, Kyle Schwarber, Starling Marte, Ian Happ, Juan Soto. Starting at DH in the NL will be William Contreras, the brother of Wilson Contreras. The two all-star starters from the same family uh, on the same team is pretty cool there. And then Garrett Cooper, who also got announced as an all-star earlier today as well. And then uh, for pitchers, we got Sandy Alcantara, who probably should start the game. Corbin Burns, Joe Musgrove, Max Fried, Tony Gonsolin, Luis Castillo, Clayton Kershaw, and Carlos Rodon. And then relievers, Josh Hader, Edwin Diaz, Ryan Helsley, David Bednar, and the Diamondbacks, Joe Mantiplee. And that that's our uh, all-star rosters. Pretty interesting there. A couple guys stubbed, a couple guys probably shouldn't have made it, but can't do anything about that. Home run derby, though, we only know five of the eight guys so far. We're getting, I don't know if it's like one a day, but we're getting a couple pretty much uh, per day now at this point. One of them being Polar Pete Alonzo. He's going for a three-peat. Could be one of the greatest home run derby athletes of all time if he wins this one this year in L.A. Ronald Acuna, second trip to the derby. This should be a fun one. Albert Pujols. Is doing it this year, 42-year-old. He's probably got to be the oldest person to ever compete in a derby. We have Juan Soto who's doing it. Second straight home run derby appearance for him. And then Kyle Schwarber, 
is doing it as well. And that should be a fun one. So we got three more guys that we're going to end up finding out uh, within the next week, of course, because the Derby's on Monday uh, and it should be a fun one. Skeller, take us to the summer league. What you got about that? Yeah. NBA summer league has been going strong this past week. We got two undefeated teams left so far. Jazz and Pistons, not that important. So let's get into the players. That's why we're here. Uh, some guys have been absolutely tearing it up so far. <laughs> One game, Moses Moody from the Warriors, 34 points. Uh, that's pretty spectacular for him. He won't be playing again, I'm sure. And Cam Thomas, also uh, another guard, 28 and a half in two games played. Uh, but the big thing here is the rookies. So far, the best rookie has been Keegan Murray from Sacramento, 22 points. Six rebounds per game so far. Pretty good. Jaden Hardy, another one. He was a G-leaguer at a high school. Uh, slipped to the second round in the draft to Dallas, but he has averaging 21 points and uh, five rebounds, four assists so far. Paulo Bancaro, another guy, 20 points. Excuse me. Five rebounds. Pretty solid so far. Um, and Benedict Matherin, good too. Chet Holmgren, averaging nine rebounds so far, uh, as expected. Pretty much the one guy who hasn't been doing great is Jabari Smith from Houston, but uh, I'm not going to go too into that. It's it, to me, it's not that important. It's uh, for Jabari Smith. If he decides he wants to work on his defense and his ball handling and not score in the summer league, that's fine with me. I don't care. He was the third yeah. pick in the draft. Yeah. I think uh, we fall into the trap every single year of overhyping the summer league and NFL preseason and spring training and all that stuff. But it, Reality, settle it down. These are practically just practice games that are on national television. Yeah. Uh, we got one last note for football. A possible trade here. Jimmy Garoppolo and Seattle, mutual interest in a trade here. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of markets open right now, Kyle, for quarterbacks. So if Jimmy were to be traded, this would probably be the last team, even though it, it's, it seems pretty weird. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is happening. I think uh, this would be one of the dumbest moves ever by the Seahawks to just go ahead and trade for this guy. If you're gonna suck, suck with Drew Locke, who has at least the potential to be decent, rather than sucking with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's doesn't have that potential. I guess we have some dominant quarterback classes coming out of college right now these next couple of years. So I think mm -hmm. that's the way to go if you're looking for a quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I think that's all we have for halftime. Awesome. Take it to the second half. Welcome back to the second half. And this is going to be one of the most fun segments of the show in the entire year where we are predicting our next five World Series champs, the next five World Series losers, I guess, as well. And then also our next five AL MVP, NL MVP, AL Cy Young, and NL Cy Young. Let's just get into it, man. 2022, mm -hmm. Skyler. What's the World Series going to be? Who's winning it? And who's it going to be over? I have the Astros over the Padres. I think the Astros are one of the deepest teams in baseball. Jeremy Pena just slid right into that Carlos Correa role perfectly. And they have an amazing pitching staff this year. San Diego, they get Tatis back, go on a little run. It's just not enough to take down Houston, though. Yeah. It's all about pitching. That's why I have the Mets winning the World Series because if DeGrom and Scherzer and Bassett and all those guys uh, are what make up the Mets' world uh, rotation, it's going to be a, it's going to be a damn good squad, that's for sure. And then I have them beating the Astros because the Astros on the Yankees. The Yankees are statistically the best team in the AL, and 
a team that owns them, then they probably should be taking them down. AL MVP, and then I'll let you do NL MVP as well, and then we'll switch over to my side. Okay. Oh, you want both of my MVPs? Yeah, do both your MVPs. Okay. In the AL, I'm going to go with Aaron Judge. He's been pretty much the best player in baseball so far this year, if you don't count out what Otani does both ways. Uh, and, and no, I'm going to go with Austin Riley. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a great story if a guy who didn't even make the All-Star game just keeps raking, and he has been. He's uh, he's on fire right now. Yeah, he's been going ham. My AL MVP is going to be Jordan. I don't even need to say his stats. He's been so yeah. good. And then I'm going with the guy who's leading it right now in the NL. That's Paul Goldschmidt. This guy can't be stopped, and I don't think he will be stopped for the rest of the year, and that's why I have him bone winning. in his hand that's useless. Yeah, that's true. I have him winning his first MVP. What about the AL and NL Cy Young? Skyler, who you got? All right, my AL Cy Young Award winner is going to be Shane McClanahan. Uh, he's It's a pretty close race in the American League, uh, but I like Shane's strikeout numbers. And NL, I'm going to go with Sandy Alcantara from, uh, from Miami here. I give him a slight edge over Gonsolin, maybe even a huge edge. Uh, I just really like him. He goes deep into games like an animal. Yeah, I'm going McClanahan and Sandy for both of mine as well. Sandy's so good. This guy is very underrated. He just eats innings, and he's like, I don't even know how to describe it. There's like a stretch of Verlander when he was on the Tigers that he just would go super deep into every single game, and he would just carry that team every single game that he was on the mound, and that's what Sandy's doing right now gone seven innings every single outing he's been in since like may at this point so it's been over two months that he's been doing this crazy stretch even before then he was really good too so i got sandy and shane mcclanahan both went in their first Cy youngs on to 2023 this is where it gets more interesting because you can't really yeah. say we're wrong you can't say we're right obviously at this point it's just all using your knowledge so who's winning the world series and who's it going to be over I got Toronto over Atlanta here. Uh, I really like what Toronto's doing. And, you know, it it kind of should have been their year today, and the Yankees stole it from them. Uh, so I'm going to say Toronto gets it in 23. You know, everyone just gets a little bit more mature, and they're ready to roll. I like Toronto, but I can't see their pitching getting to that point where it becomes a World Series contender right now. Barrios has been too bad. Kikuchi's been god-awful. Uh, Manoa and Gosman have been great, but they need that third guy to really step up. And I just don't know who that's going to be. So I have the Dodgers over the Astros in 2023 Dodgers team, obviously super, super deep. They got great bats. They'll probably end up signing somebody huge anyways over the off season too, because that's what the Dodgers do and help them get another world series and get that revenge over that Astros team. Who is your AL and NL MVP, Skyler? I'm going to go with Otani in 23. I'm going to say he just comes out swinging again and refuses to be denied the MVP award for probably the last time he could have this kind of usage in his career. Uh, so that that's what makes this one special. And then I have Juan Soto having a huge comeback in in 2023 because he's, he's not seeing it great this year, but I think it's an outlier. Yeah. I do think it's also an outlier for Soto. I have Shohei also winning the AL MVP. So me and Skyler are together with that pick. And then I have Mookie Betts winning the NL MVP. And if this ends up happening where Mookie has two MVPs, three rings, he's going to have some crazy resume. That's not something yeah. that we see too often in baseball. So I got Mookie 
On to AL and NL Cy Young, Skyler, who you got here? I'm going to go with Logan Gilbert in the American League. I think he's got potential through the roof. And we're going to have a Corbin Burns repeat in the National League. I think uh, just no one's ready to take the ground, the uh, the crown from him, the younger guys yet. Uh, so, yeah. I think a big part of these uh, Cy Youngs has to be a guy that eats innings. And one of the best guys at eating innings in the league right now is Framber Valdez. And so I have him winning the Cy Young next year. He posts an ERA around 2829, even if it's not the greatest ERA in the league. But if he has over 220 innings and he, I mean, I know wins are obsolete at this point, but if he wins 24, 25 games, however many it is on that great Astros team who I have making the World Series in this case, it's going to be pretty tough to deny him. And I think he's a sleeper guy who can actually go ahead and win an MVP or not an MVP, a Cy Young. And then NL Cy Young, I have who's will be 24 at this time, Spencer Strider. I like it. Me and Skeller talked about him and he said during this, ooh, Spencer Strider's a guy. And at that point, I already had him written down. I was like, damn, Skeller's on my, on my tail about that one. But uh, this dude, he's so good. He strikes out so many guys. And if he just learns how to be a bit more efficient, he can be really, really, really good. So I have him winning the NL Cy Young. Let's take it to 2024. Wait, no, did you do? You already did your Cy Youngs, right? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, on to 2024. Skyler, who you got winning the World Series here? 2024, I got the Mets over the Yankees in a Subway Series. Both of these teams are going to be all in on the big free agency. It's going to be Shohei, Devers, probably even more. I'm not even thinking of right now. Uh, But I'm sure at least one of those guys will be on one of the New York teams. Yeah. uh, 2024, I'm going a little bit of a different route. Uh, I have the Cardinals winning it with their baby, uh, baby Cardinals, baby birds however you're calling them, Nolan Gorman, Juan Yepes, Ivan Herrera, uh, Matt Liebertor, and all the guys that they've been bringing up in uh, the past year or so at this point. And the team that they're going to beat is going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. Wander's going to be not in his prime, but nearing it. They're going to have Randy still. They're going to have a whole bunch of other guys still that are coming up through the system. Josh Lowe should actually be decent at that point, uh, as well as their pitching still being there with Shane McClanahan and, Tyler Glass now hopefully is playing baseball again at that point. Skyler, who do you have for your AL and NL MVPs? American League, I'm going to go with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's finally going to get his MVP, pop off uh, after winning the ring last year with Toronto. And National League, I'm going to go with Devers with his first year on either the Mets or the Dodgers. That's an interesting one. AL MVP for me. Might be a little bit premature, but I'm going J-Rod because this guy's got it. He is so good. He's so fun to watch. And it might be a little bit of recency bias for how good he's been. But J-Rod is an absolute stud. And he's had a chance to change the league on how good he is. Mm-hmm. And then the NL MVP, probably the most shocking pick I have out of this entire thing, is going to be Chris Bryant in Colorado. I think he gets that Colorado demon time year where he just hits 50 bombs. He's going crazy. Multiple player of the month. And uh, at that point, maybe the the Rockies have Zach Veen up and they have hopefully done some better things with their farm and front office so that they get some better guys around him. But if they got a prime Brandon Rogers, no, uh, if they got some good guys on that squad, I think Chris Bryant can make a case for it. Uh, and also I, Kind of, it's fun to throw out those bold predictions. So I went with Chris Bryant there. 
On to AL and NL Cy Young. Skyler, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Alec Manoa for the American League. I know you aren't crazy on Toronto's future pitching, but Manoa is is a big boy. Mm. And uh, and I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what he could do. And the National League, this was tough for me. There's a lot of younger guys I considered here. But like you said earlier, it's all about the innings eater. And I think that's Josiah Gray for me. I'm going to go with him. He has... Great strikeout numbers and hasn't been hurt since he's he's been in Washington, not even for a little bit. Yeah. AL Cy Young, Logan Gilbert. Skyler had him yeah. in the year past. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not I'm not caught. Me and Skyler Lily did not talk about this, no. and I think you'll see more of my stuff here. That's going to shock you, uh, and once we get to the coming years. Uh, but Logan Gilbert, I have one in the Cy Young this year or not this year, in 2024. And then the NL Cy Young that year, I have Sandy coming back and getting his second in three years All because right. of how good and how young he is for that Marlins staff. 2025, Skyler, who's won in the World Series and who's it over? It seems like every five years, this one team just comes out of nowhere and just kills everybody. So I got the Giants taking down Baltimore in 2025. It's interesting. I thought you were going to say the Red Sox. I feel like the Red Sox come out of nowhere to do that stuff. Maybe not out of nowhere, but they, they win a world series like every five years. It feels like, uh, but I have Atlanta over Seattle. Seattle finally makes the world series. They don't win it. Atlanta, who is stoked with Acuna and Albies and Olsen and Austin Riley and Max Freedy and Anderson Soroka. If he ever gets healthy again, uh, Kyle Wright, they just got a ton of guys and they have this super strong core that they can build around for year after year. And I think they can get their second ring uh, here. AL and NL MVP together. Who do you got? All right. American league. Julio Rodriguez is going to get his, he's going to get based on what we've seen so far. He's going to get one and national mm-hmm. league. Maybe my, my favorite pick of this entire thing. I'm going to go with Corbin Carroll. Okay, Corbin Carroll has a 70 hit grade. He already has 18 homers in the minors right now. I see so much of 2017 Christian Yelich with this guy. It's crazy. And if he actually turns that into a a major league, you know, (laughs) Kyle's laughing Mm -hmm. at me right now. (laughs) If he could translate that to major league pitching, he's going to be unstoppable. He's a number three prospect right now. I think Corbin Carroll is going to be great. Uh, AL MVP, I have J-Rod repeating. I think back-to-back MVPs is something that he can very much do in his career. He's going to steal 30 bases. He's going to maybe hit 40 to 50 bombs as well. So screw the A's there, I guess. And then NL MVP, Soto gets another, or not another one, but gets one here, uh, hits probably 325, and the Nats are decent again. So I have those two as my MVPs. Skyler, who do you got for your Cy Youngs here in 2025? My AL Cy Young Award winner with his First year with the Yankees will be Walker Bueller and National wow. League Hunter Green gets it. I really yeah. like Hunter Green. I think he's gonna he's gonna put it all together eventually. Yeah. Uh, so AL Cy Young for me, I have McClanahan here. This will probably be his last year as a Ray, or on maybe a first year on another team, depending on how the Rays structure their money in 2025, but he's got the stuff to stick around. He's got the super hard fastball. He's got this plus off speed stuff. And I think there's a pretty good chance that he ends up being super good pitcher for a long, long time. And this is one of the reasons why I said that me and Skyler did not talk at all during this when we were making our picks, mm-hmm. because my NL Cy Young is Josiah Gray. <laughs> he 
he is that dude. I like Josiah Gray. Yeah. He's fun to watch. He's got plus pitches. And he's going to be a stud. And he takes it. That's pretty good. On the 2026. <laughs> All right, 2026. I have the Dodgers beating Boston here. These are, uh, you know, talk about teams that always find a way. These two teams are always spending. They're going to build another dynasty at some point in the next five years. I have Baltimore over the D-backs here. And you'll see why I have Baltimore over the D-backs uh, on based off of who my MVP picks are. Uh, Skeller, who do you got for the MVP in 2026? MVP, I could have easily repeated J-Rod, but I wanted to give Wander Franco one here. I, I really love this guy, and I think he's going to push 400 at least one time. Maybe it's only for half a season, but at, at least for one of his seasons, he's going to push it. And the National League guy, Francisco Alvarez, the Mets catcher. Uh, another guy who just got bumped up all the way to the top five on the top 100 list and uh, absolutely mashes. It's kind of the one piece the Mets are missing right now uh, to have a perfect lineup. Mm-hmm. Well, I like and this they're guy. supposedly in play for a catcher at the trade deadline, too, because they don't want to bring him up yet, I guess. Uh, but my AL MVP, I wanted to do somebody from Baltimore. And it could have been Gunner. It could have been Atlee. No I'm way. going with Drew Jones <laughs> because he's going to end up being the best player on this World Series winning team. And then NL MVP, I swear to God, me and Skyler did not talk. I have not changed my picks, but my NL MVP in 2026 is Corbin Carroll. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, this guy's so good. He's hitting like, he's got like a 1.1 OPS right now in AAA. His for power. He's got so much speed. He's this five tool player. And, uh, yeah, Drew Jones and Corbin Carroll in 2026. All right. On to the AL and NL Cy Young as the last segment here. Okay. Uh, 2026, AL Cy Young, Grayson Rodriguez, finally healthy. His first healthy season. That's my prediction. <laughs> That's why he hasn't won one yet. Uh, and National League, I got to go with Aaron Ashby from the Brewers. This is my guy. He's got crazy stuff. And he's going he's gonna to push a Cy Young at some point in his career. He reminds me so much of, of Corbin. He's a left-handed Corbin Burns. Yeah, I'm not putting Aaron Ashby. I'm sorry on here. Uh, I have Grayson also winning the Cy Young in this year. I think – I don't know if his first full healthy year. But and that's, maybe that's, that's a reason why I didn't have Baltimore winning at all during this. It's because that's yeah. you know, in the back of my mind. That's fair. Uh, but I think Grayson's got a good chance to, if they play it right, which I hope that they do, and I think that they will, uh, to be really, really good and stay healthy, uh, except for this year, obviously. But 2026, hopefully that's him. And then NL Cy Young. I'm going to talk about this guy first before I name who he is. This guy has such great stuff, and he's been so good but so trash this year. He's striking out a ton of guys. He just gives up so many home runs, and that's something we can fix. That's Hunter Green. Mm-hmm. He has the hardest fastball average velocity of any starter in the league by like a mile per hour and a half. This guy is throwing fastballs at 99 100 more than he's not so velocity is also something how weird as it seems can go higher throughout your career we look at jacob de grom i mean he might just be a complete specimen and that might not ever happen again but hunter green has a chance to be that guy and if he develops his off speed even more and finds a third pitch that is really really plus he can do this and he could be winning the Cy young even in a pitcher's ballpark like great american what a, time, what a time! What a time! <laughs> yeah. What a time! That, that was, was that was really fun. We're gonna come I back to not, this one for sure. 
Exactly. Yeah. In episode 500 of the yeah. Mecca Sports Podcast. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, though, that wasn't a good time. And that was our bets last week. We went 0 for 4. Uh, I had Milwaukee over the Cubs on Wednesday. That did not happen. Skyler had Houston over Kansas City on Wednesday. Of course, that's one game Houston loses. And then in the bold predictions, I had Boston taking three out of four from the Yankees and Milwaukee, or Skyler had Milwaukee sweeping the Pirates. Those things did not happen. Uh, but this week, though, Skyler has the Padres over Colorado on Wednesday yes. for his layup. I tailed that because Joe Musgrove is starting and I think that's a super good bet. So I went with that as well. Mm-hmm. And then this week, Skyler, explain, explain a little bit about your uh, bold predictions. Yeah, I got the Orioles winning the series at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, like we talked about, it's a little banged up. Um, the Orioles are on fire. The O's aren't going to have to face anyone crazy on Tampa Bay uh, this weekend. And uh, I'll take it. I, I like the uh, the hot teams going on the road to win a series bet. It's, it's been working mostly, other than Milwaukee-Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> it's been working pretty well for me. So I'm going to stick with uh, the hot Orioles. Never yeah. said that before. <laughs> uh, my bold prediction out of an eight person field, Polar Pete is getting his third okay. straight home run derby t- title and become the home run derby goat. He's got to be the favorite, right? He's got to be the favorite, but yeah. I still p- feel like picking one oh, out of sure. the eight guys yeah. is pretty tough to do. Yeah, just curious. Uh, so I went with Polar Pete here is my bold prediction to win the home run derby on Monday. Make sure you turn into that. And uh, next Tuesday, make sure you turn into episode 97 of the Mac sports going the distance podcast. where we're yeah. talking about we'll have some live reaction to the all-star game. Probably that will be going on. I will talk about the home run derby. Hopefully some trades in baseball have gone down at that point. Maybe some more things in the NBA have gone down as well. Uh, football, probably not going to be much. And, That's usually uh, a good thing at this time of year. Yeah, uh, but after that, though, football is going to be really starting to get going and a lot of stuff to look out, look forward to in the future. Episode 100 is right around the corner. And yeah, so I'm just going to do it for episode 96, guys. Go Baltimore. Yeah, go, go O's. Yeah. <laughs>